Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back here on the Northland Sports Page, hour number two begins. Fun song, more synonymous with baseball than anything. And our opening topic of hour two will be baseball-related because... Hall of Famers were announced this week, or should I say Hall of Famer, Dave Cook, because only one was chosen, two if you count Fred McGriff a few weeks prior, but Scott Rowland, congratulations Cardinals fans, and a few more fan bases as well, is a Hall of Famer, but it's a hot topic. Yeah, I'm I, I, coming from a Cardinal fan, um, it strikes me as he's not Harold Baines, right? So, I mean... Can you make the argument he belongs in a Hall of Fame? Sure. Does he have decent counting numbers? Yes. Was he ever the guy that you said, that guy is a Hall of Famer? No. Um, was he an important part to a lot of different teams? Yes. But right. there's a lot of guys who are important parts of multiple teams. Absolutely. And that's that's the controversy. That's the debate. The question for me, you kind of answered it already, because Harold Baines, I already said, watered down the Hall of Fame in general the minute he was selected. And I was going to ask, is Scott Rowland Harold Baines? And you said no, and I agree with you. But here's the thing. On a positive note, Scott Rowland is the perfect microcosm of what his teams were. Because a lot of those Cardinal playoff teams that Scott Rowland was part of were the most under-the-radar teams ever. And then October would come and you go, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. It wasn't until you go back and look at Scott Rowland's stats where you go, oh, yeah, I guess for a good chunk of time he was pretty good. But pretty good (laughs) is the problem. Pretty good does not equal Hall of Fame worthy. See, and, and this is where you get into the played a long time, never really got hurt argument. Right. Because did you ever look at Scott Rowland and say, that guy's a Hall of Famer? No. Did you ever look at Andrew Jones and say, that guy's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, you did for about five, six years. Right. And that's another positional argument because Scott Rowland, that's good news for third baseman everywhere. But at the same time, I'm not upset that he's a Hall of Famer, but I'm more confused Correct. at the criteria that it takes to be one now. I don't think there is. That's the thing. I don't think there is criteria. Right. And I think that's further explained when you vote from year to year to year because people's vote percentages go up and down and significantly. Mm-hmm. And the part that I don't understand about this, and I know I've said this to you off the air several times, is it's not like you have to vote for anybody. And I always say it's not like the last couple presidential elections where I've kind of wished I didn't have to. And granted, I don't have to. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still going to have a president no matter who I select. We don't have to have Hall of Famers at all. Uh, and I think that's the thing people need to remember. This isn't a guarantee. You know, Yogi Berra wasn't elected on his first – he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, but so for the first ballot, not first ballot, isn't such a big deal to me. But the other thing that I was told the other day is that, you know, Jack Morris, we, th- we see him as this fantastic player. He was good. Like, he's in right. the Hall of Fame. Have we gotten to that point now where it is you've always threatened that this is going to become the Hall of Very Good? Are we there? There are guys getting in that's the Hall right. of Very Good. Right. Um, and so the I. The Joe Mauer debate is over. He's getting in. In, in St. Louis, in Philadelphia, Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, right? So we just we see him from a spot where we don't have any investment in him and we were never really that impressed. Right. But it's even harder. Because granted, you can compare Scott Rowland to the other guys that were on this year's ballot in Which this particular, right you know, writers association bit. 
because you've got the Todd Heltons, you've got Billy Wagner, you mentioned Andrew Jones, you've got Sheffield, Beltran, Jeff Kent is now done, and we can go on and on and on. But the other part that's tough for me, comparatively speaking, is the committee that got Tony Oliva in, that got Fred yeah. McGriff in this time around. Yep. What do they look at? Because one of my great friends sent me a side-by-side of Dale Murphy and Scott Rowland. And he had bias because Dale Murphy's his favorite player of all time, and that's tough. But side by side, they're almost the same. And the areas they're not, Murphy was better. Why isn't he in there? Yeah, and and I'll take Dale Murphy and I'll see you, Jim Don Edmund, Mattingly. And I'll see you, Jim Edmonds. Right. Jim Edmonds should be in the Hall of Fame. He's just, I mean, so if you look at Scott Rowland just being the other guy, Jim Edmonds was like that, but he was the he he wasn't the third guy on a on a team. He was the one A. Right. But here's the part that I really don't understand to go back to those Let comparisons. Alone because we've worried, right, right? Don't don't open that Pandora's box on me at this point. Yeah, we'll be here for a while. Right. But at the same time, we've always said about baseball, well, it's really difficult to compare errors, and I completely agree. So if you look at Dale Murphy and you look at Scott Rowland, mm-hmm. and they're essentially a very similar type of player, I'll be positionally different, what have you. Why are we saying that okay, if you did that in the eighties, that's not as good as having done it in the two thousands? I don't know if I agree with that because I thought that the idea was it was easier to be more offensive now than it was then. So why wouldn't Murphy again get the nudge? Well, I think, you know, when we talk Kirby Puckett, right, um, we never saw Kirby Puckett's decline years. We didn't get to. Right. Um, Dale Murphy. Air quotes on the get. Didn't have to. Dale Murphy, we got a chance to see his decline years, right? right? Andrew Jones isn't in the Hall of Fame because of his decline years. Uh, and I, And so I think there's something to that. They didn't really compile, right? And they really didn't fail at well, the end because they didn't compile very well. Because if you look at Scott Rowland, I looked at the home runs and I go, "Wow, he doesn't even have 400." And he played what 18 years? Yeah. I think he averaged about 18 home runs as well. And how do you measure a third base defensive metric? Like when he had, he's, he's when he had plenty good. of gold gloves. So is that part of why? Yes, it is. He's pretty good, and that's you know I was looking at offensive and defensive. I'm uh, continually ranks. bothered by this phrase we keep using. Pretty good. Well, if you look at third baseman offenses, right? He's third, fourth. Right. You look at defensive. He's third, fourth. I mean, he's not upper. He's not Eddie Matthews. He's not Brooks Robinson. He's not Pete Rose. He's not George Brett. But he's in that next mix. Right. So to me, I think what we need to do is the maybe, guy next year is a Hall of Famer. Well, we need to get Lavelle Neal on the horn and just say, hey, is there a big difference when it comes to voting on the current folks or the most current folks, if you will, the five year plus versus the committee that does the Mattingly, McGriff, Murphy? debates and got Tony Owen and all that stuff because again Don Mattingly how are you not in yeah because you just said is Donnie baseball because you said the guy next year is a hall of famer and you're I believe referring to Adrian Beltre yeah but Minnesotans are gonna go well the guy next year that's a hall of famer is Joe Maurer maybe maybe well, not here's my point though if Scott Rowland doesn't get elected this year and he's on the same ballot with Adrian Beltre he's not getting elected I mean, that's that's you've talked about length of how long they right. get to stay in. But that further that's belabors my point. I understand that you're voting in comparison to other names on the ballot, but you have the op- the option to not vote for anybody. You do. And I don't know why we're not taking that more often. It takes the fun away. Nobody wants to go to Cooperstown and see nobody get inducted. But when you don't have to vote for somebody, because if you look at the people on the ballot and say you have to choose five, you're going to do it differently based on who's on there. You don't have to choose anybody. I can't hammer that home enough. You don't. And there were guys that didn't get votes this year, Brian. Johnny Peralta didn't get a vote. J.J. Hardy, who we all like here, didn't get a vote. The coolest Andre part Ethier. about Johnny Peralta was the spelling of Johnny. Yes. Jahani. Jahani. Matt Cain, who had a year or two. Jared Weaver. Jason Worth, who I said, you know, okay, 
he's not going to get in. Well, you wanted him to no get a vote, vote because you guys have the same beard. Well, and Washington. I liked when he was kind of the straw that stirred the drink there in Washington. All right. So tell me if there's anybody that you would have voted for before voting for Scott Rowland on this current ballot. Would you have put Todd Helton ahead of Scott Rowland? Mm, maybe. Okay, Billy that, Wagner, That yes. wasn't necessarily an option. Wow, the anti-closer guy goes Billy yeah, Wagner. Yeah, but remember what I said. If you're a top three guy, even as a closer, you should be in. Okay, well, he's in that top three. There's All guys right. in the Hall of Fame that I would put out before Billy Wagner. Andrew Jones, maybe. He's so hard for me because when he was healthy, he was he might have been the best center fielder I saw. And then when he wasn't that guy, he was bad. Sheffield and Beltran, I think I would have voted for both, but I'm having a hard time taking my favoritism towards them away. I, I would not have voted Sheff in. At, at, again, I never. I watched Sheffield's whole career and never said, that's a Hall of Famer. Carlos Beltran, on the other hand, if he's not banging garbage cans, he's in. Well, and let's see how like long that, that keeps him year. out. Let's see how long that keeps him out. We yeah. all know that there's off-the-field stuff that keeps certain people out. Here's something that I have a beef with of a completely different kind, and it's going to have some homerism to it because the top of the ballot is Scott Rowland. The bottom of the ballot this year is Torrey Hunter. Now, obviously, Twins fans love Torrey Hunter. And Scott Rowland is probably more worthy of a Hall of Fame selection than Torrey Hunter. I don't think that's necessarily debatable. But I have a hard time with Scott Rowland getting 76% of the votes and Torrey Hunter getting just over six. They're not that far apart for me. No, but Rowland has the championship pedigree as well. I mean, that's that's the one tough thing. Here's, I mean, there's some examples of guys that are getting, I mean, Jeff Kent. Like, you know I'm a, not a Jeff Kent guy, right? Right. I don't think he's better than Torrey Hunter. He's got a lot of home runs, but he was stiff at second base, right? I mean, so you can say, well, he's got a top five home runs of all time at second base. Well, second base isn't a home run hitting position. I mean, it doesn't take, like, Babe Ruth numbers to get there. And you're not a great second baseman. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. Um, but you got guys like Bobby Abreu. How does Bobby Abreu get more votes than Torrey Hunter? Right, I mean, because he, he played shouldn't. on enough playoff teams, which shouldn't be a factor. Yeah, I mean, that's the target. The target for me is, you know, that 15 to 20% of the vote, Torrey Hunter should be there. Right, and I didn't want to have this discussion to dog Scott Rowland. Congratulations to him. Better right. numbers than I remember. Maybe a shorter span of better numbers than I remember. But for me, this whole discussion is, I no longer understand what it takes to get in. And some of the debatable characters, like a Joe Maurer, who congratulations did get announced that he'd be inducted into a Hall of Fame yesterday as well, but it's the Twins Hall of Fame. And, that and file that in. under the biggest no-brainers ever. If they retire your jersey number, I think you're getting into the team's yeah, Hall of Fame. That be just a thought. But I just no longer understand the criteria, and if it varies from committee to committee, because this contemporary era piece, Don Mattingly, Scott Rowland, give me Donnie Baseball. See, I think that's where guys like that belong. Like, Lou Whitaker should be in, but that's his... With the way he should have got in. Right. All right. So here's next year's new guys. Ready, okay. Brian? Adrian Beltre in first ballot. I He's the wow. best third baseman we've seen in I'd like decade. to see him get in, but when I hear first ballot Hall of Famer, I think this guy was the best of the best for his entire career. Adrian Beltre statistically was that good? Playing with the Texas Rangers? You just didn't hear that. Yeah, but that's that's because he was on a team that wasn't yes. great. All right. Uh, Joe Maurer. That's going to be so fast. If you vote him as a catcher, he's in. If you vote him as a baseball player... I don't know. He's, he's still in, but I don't know if he's first ballot in because it's a guy that spent 50% of his career behind the plate doing unimaginable things and then 50% of his career on the decline. But even his decline is now compatible with some of the guy's numbers we just saw get in. Yes, I, I agree. 
Uh, Chase Utley, the second baseman from Philadelphia. He, he's got rolled. I wish. <laughs> they would have stayed in Philadelphia. Yes. It yeah. was the other stops that you and he's still trying to hang on. Yeah. He's got rolling to me. I mean, they're the same guy. Then he's in. All right. So David Wright. David Wright with the Mets when he was healthy. David Wright is legit. the third base version of Joe Maurer. So good and then so hurt and so forgotten. Can you believe that they're including Bartolo Colon in this? Big sexy? Heck Big yeah. Sexy. I'm voting for him. Nah. I'm voting for him only for that reason. Pitcher. So, you know Jack who, Morris you was know too. would love him? Pitt would love him because him and uh, Colon and Nolan Ryan, they're 500 pitchers. Oh, man, that would be great. Uh, and then Matt Holliday. Matt Boy. Holliday was a guy who had. He'd when, be another nondescript Cardinal. When uh, he, granted, he had the Rocky career, which, you know, the Colorado numbers, that changed things. Right. His numbers in St. Louis were pretty good. Yeah. And he won in St. Louis. So, I mean, yeah. But did you open up a different can of worms with they won? Because individually, that's tough to come by because baseball is the toughest one to be a one guy to carry a team. Ask Mike Trout. I ju- Ask I just, Ken Griffey Jr. I just think that that gives them a plus one. I don't think Matt Holliday is a Hall of Famer. I think that... Right, but Johnny Damon has more rings than a lot of players that are much better than he is. Right. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. So. And then, you know, modern day statistics, war and F-war, Johnny Damon is ahead of Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. What are we dealing with in years to come? Yeah. But is Johnny F- Damon going to end up on the Contemporary Era Committee at some point? Yes, he will. 100%. Right. And will he get in? No. Shouldn't. No. But now I don't know anymore. He won't. Now I don't know anymore. I'll push for Paul O'Neill, my favorite player of all time that's not a twin. Get him in there. They they have to look backwards. If they're going to start doing that, they have to look backwards and include some of those guys that got overlooked because the parameters of getting in the Hall of Fame were different you know, 30 years ago than they are now. I agree with that, but that's my question. That's my whole basis of this conversation that Scott Rowland stumped me on. The parameters are different. Mm-hmm. Yes. We know what they're different from. Yes. Do we know what they are? I have no idea anymore. Yeah, no, I think because that, I could have picked five guys and granted the contemporary era. That was my wheelhouse of following baseball. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but I could have picked a half dozen guys on that group. They picked one on this ballot that we just got done with. I probably could have picked four. They picked one and it wasn't one of the ones I would have picked. Yeah. And Fred McGriff's interesting, too, because if you're a no brainer to me, if you're going to put Roland in on a reg, in the regular Hall of Fame voting. How, how did Fred McGriff have to wait? All I know is if I'm Dale Murphy and I'm Don Mattingly, I'm going, what? Yeah. If I'm Don Mattingly and I watch Joe Maurer get in next year, they're the same guy, except for Don Mattingly never caught, and Don Mattingly hit a lot more home runs. Yeah. and They're and, the same person. And and he should get the East Coast bump. Right. Right? Mattingly was the You want to Yankee. talk about being on a team nobody talked about? That was Maurer. That was not Mattingly, even though most of his career, the Yankees weren't very good. Yeah. No. I, he made the playoffs, what, once? Yeah. He did. At, at the end. He he got a lot of gold gloves that he shouldn't have got as well. He wasn't as good defensively as Herbeck. He just was Donnie Baseball. So we agree we need to take this trip to Cooperstown yep. because we need to do it out of fun for us, out of proper tribute to our fathers. Are you less excited? Because what is this? But I don't know that uh, I go on an induction weekend anyway. No, no, you can't afford it. Um, but, How do you know my budget? But you're right. Right. No, no because neither of us could afford it I was going to say, Dave, Dave just got a text from my wife. He can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, no, I think that you go to see that, you know, the top 40 guys. The fact that we have to walk by a bust of Harold Baines, it's not a big deal, except it makes the Hall of Fame a little less. Well, it's interesting that you said a bust of Harold Baines because... Not long ago, I would have asked you, did Harold Baines make the Hall of Fame into a bust? And the answer might have been yes, but watch the guys since. Are we declining as we talk about not having to see declining years? Are we seeing the declining years of Cooperstown? Uh, maybe. I think we are a little, I think I'm getting a little curmudgery uh, with it as well. A little get off my yard. Um, so I, 
yes, I think the Hall of Fame is becoming less and less because they're just trying to include people who had good year or good careers, and they're playing you know longer now and they have longer uh, seasons, right? Right. So their compiling numbers are higher just because they play more games. It's too late to apologize. That's why we're bumping out with this song. But I'll tell you this: I'll put a positive spin on it. My favorite players, not named Kirby Puckett, have always been slightly above average players. Suddenly, I have renewed hope for Paul O'Neill, Michael Kadair, and Ken Herbeck. We are the Northland Sports Page. One segment left. It's Hockey Day Minnesota. What are the Wild going to do going forward? We'll discuss it next. Stick around. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back on the Northland Sports Page. Welcome back to our house here at the Holiday Center. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, having a great Saturday morning. Dave Cook, you get into that one. Well, you know what's better than lip-syncing, right? You're dancing? Interpretive, interpretive dance. Interpretive dance, yes. yes. Interpretive dance for that song is fantastic. Welcome to my house. Yes, you must have learned a lot from the UMD dance coach earlier. We thank her for her contributions because it inspired Dave Cook to uh, take on a new possible Ab- profession. Abs- absolutely. Uh, you know, maybe not even new. Maybe it's just something I'm getting better at, Brian. No, I called it a possible profession, but what did you say just seconds ago? That we're dealing with <laughs> amateurs, and I would say your dance probably stays in that category for now. But one thing that is absolutely professional, that's our great sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. We have some fan. And by the way, I said our our guest was dealing with amateurs. Yes, they'll be around momentarily. Aurora Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, who we'll talk to in just a second. Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, and the Incline Station, Brian. Absolutely. So we are always grateful for our great sponsors. And Justin May, you said he'd be around in just a moment. Let's make that moment right now. Justin May, our realtor, Messina and Associates. Good morning, sir. Good morning, fellas. Apparently, you guys are spending way too much time with Mr. Carlson. Now you're learning interpretive dance. Right, as well. right. We can get we can get ballroom Good dance call, going. Justin there you May. go. We Good can call. learn on site at our hockey play by plays. I never thought of that. That's a very good call by you. Happy hockey day to you. Is this a big day for you, or do you have too many things going on as you normally do? No, today's a great day. I love hockey day. I love being able to uh, get all the different levels on the TV. And obviously we have a local flair this year, which is very cool. I helped out with the one in Hermantown seems like 25 years ago, but it couldn't have been. And it was a great experience. And, you know, it's, it's fest, it's festive. It's, it's like the fair. You just keep watching it. Train wreck. It is pretty fun to see how each town or city or township, because I don't want the White Bear Lake folks to get mad at me because apparently there's a bit of a rivalry between the city and the township, but it is fun to see how each community, let's go with that, embraces and puts on display things for Hockey Day because you mentioned Hermantown did it, Duluth had a memorable one. It feels like every year, whatever site gets to host it really makes the most of it. Super exciting, and it's always cool when uh, LaPanta gets so into it too. You can see not only his passion for hockey, but his passion for youth sports, just like you two, kind of why I'm involved so much in what you guys do is when you guys are doing a, a, a play-by-play or a call of anything, your heart and your soul is right there, and, and it's really cool. Absolutely, and the heart and soul of hockey is indeed embraced here in Minnesota without a doubt. Now, I'm going to stretch things a little bit here, but hear me out. 
as a real estate agent, as somebody who likes to help folks buy or sell property in our area, a day like today kind of screams, hey, this is what we're into up here. Does that help you in a selling way? Yeah, it helps sell the community, and it'll be definitely great for White Bear. Now, negative five in Duluth, I, my phone's not ringing. I don't hear anybody calling. If, if you're looking for a house right now, definitely give me a call because there's nothing on the agenda today. All right, so walk me through again winterizing the home, if you will, because you just said five below or you called it negative five, whatever way you want to slice it. It's cold out. So this is the time where the home's got to be in good shape. What's your advice to folks? Check your roof. I mean, I, I hate to say it, and I'm in the same boat. The roofing guys are going crazy right now. The ice dams, which you really can't do anything about with the the thaw and the cold and the thaw and the cold, it's going to be one of the worst years ever for ice dams. Those things are creating huge problems. Running water inside your walls, coming down, maybe exposed through your windows. Uh, get the ice dam people out there before you have to make an insurance claim. I know it isn't something that you want to pay for right now, but you can't believe how much this water weighs when it freezes and sits on your roof. It's interesting that you said running through the walls too, because that's what got us last year is that people forget that the basement's warm. And so the ground isn't frozen right next to your basement, right? It, the wa- And the water can still get there. And then if it does freeze, your, your basement walls are in trouble. Well, and what you're seeing is probably... I mean, if you're, if you're seeing a little bit of a problem or a little bit of moisture, you're probably seeing 5% of the real problem because it's behind those walls. It's not what you can actually look or touch, taste, and feel. No question about it. So we're talking a little bit, of course, of the downside of winter as homeowners, et cetera. But in terms of activity, Hockey Day Minnesota is a positive. Obviously, the Blizzard Tour, you guys do great work as a positive. We've touched on that. Justin, may I owe you an apology? You asked me this week if I could have taken a ride with you a couple of days ago, and I wasn't able to, but you guys are getting out there and getting ready. Yeah, we're always out scouting trails and making sure everything's going good. Um, I've got a group of of young riders, not young, new riders, that we go every Thursday, and I thought you would be a good fit. There was a couple of sponsors involved, so I, I reached out to you and asked if you could go, and I totally get it. You can't, but, um, yeah, a lot of fun, uh, huge passion about it. Blizzard tour coming. We're uh, T minus ten days here, and everything starts kind of funneling and focusing towards that for for the May household. That is absolutely exciting, and I want to preface that I couldn't because of schedule. Not that I couldn't because I don't think I can. Because you are the inspiration that believes I can do this. I know you can, and I understood one hundred percent that most people on Thursday afternoons are have to work and have a committed schedule. I'm just a little bit fortunate that I can take that Thursday off because we work a lot of weekends. Hey, I liked your style. I was like, hey, you know, if you think Thursday afternoon is the time for me to learn how to do this, I'll just check with my boss and see what we can't uh, get together. So maybe it'll happen in the future. But speaking of the future, pencil the future. Me in every Thursday afternoon, just pencil me in. If it's winter, it's snowmobiling. If it's summer, it's golf. All right. Well, I'll take you up on the snowmobiling part. I don't know about golf. I might be the cart guy that uh, indulges in some beverages if you really want me to join you for that. But I digress. But speaking of the future, the future of football on the NFL side is tomorrow. We've got a couple of conference championship games that plays part of buy or sell today. We're going to have a couple for football and a couple in honor of hockey days. So rather than have you tell me the order, I'm just going to go ahead and give them to you in a certain order today. Is that okay with you? I love that. All right. Less pressure on you, right? So buy or sell. We'll start with the NFC championship because that one is played first. Buy or sell that the clock is going to strike midnight on Brock Purdy of the 49ers 
which would mean basically buy or sell. You think the Eagles will win at home? The Eagles should win, but you, I think if you've listened to us for the last three weeks, you know how much of a Brock Purdy fan I am and how excited I am for uh, Mr. Irrelevant to just put everybody on their nose. So in my heart, I don't think they can do it, but I am 100% rooting for Brock. So normally I would be, because I'm not a Niners guy at all, normally I'd be cheering Philly on like crazy. But it's hard to do that, isn't it? Well, it is a little hard. And the the other thing is, San Francisco's defense is so ridiculously good. Right. But so is Philly's. And so I have to take Philly just because I think their offense is better and I think their defense is equal. And so I'm taking, and they're at home. And so I'm taking Philly, but not by much. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy what I said. I think the clock could strike midnight on Brock Purdy. But just like Justin May said, if you've listened to us in weeks past, you already know my theory on this. I think Brock Purdy could play poorly and the 49ers could still win. And Dave touched on why, because the defense is that good. There's a fellow named Christian McCaffrey that'll be a big part of it. And there's nothing that I don't think Kyle Shanahan offensively can't figure out. Now, Philly's defense is good. But if I needed one offensive mind to poke holes in it, San Francisco's got it leading their Ship, if you will. Yeah, that's prob that's probably true. Philly, I didn't know this. Philly led the NFL in sacks this year. Like they're gonna put pressure on Brock Purdy like he hasn't seen yet. And so I agree with you on McCaffrey and all that, but McCaffrey didn't play well last week. Right. And but and did they lose? No, that's but, my point. But that's because Dallas's offense self destructed. I don't think Philly's offense is gonna self destruct. Right. That is how we're going to find out how good San Francisco's defense is because Philly offensively will not beat themselves. Will the San Francisco defense beat them? The other game is going to be a great one. I don't see a way that it isn't unless Patrick Mahomes can't go. He's going to go, but you know, can he survive the entire game with the recent injury? I'm going to put it to you like this, Justin May. Buy or sell that it's time to put some respect on the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, we have to buy that. I think this is the one that you and I both got wrong last week. Absolutely, with we did. Over yep. Cincinnati. And <clears throat> I still don't like them. I, I, their defense is unbelievable. They're playing unbelievable right now. The talk of um, Burrow being as good as Mahomes is ridiculous in my mind. What I really like about this game is the head coach of Kansas City. I mean, the guy's a genius. We've watched his offenses for how long. And I think he zeroes in now that Patrick has a little bit of an injury or that ankle is in question. Right. I think he comes up with a game plan that simples the game down for Mahomes and makes it a lot more, a lot easier for the Kansas City offense. Now, again, just like with San Francisco, I don't think they can win. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati's had their number the last three in a row, but I'm rooting for Kansas City to do it, and I don't think they can. All right, so for clarification, you want Kansas City to win, but if you were a betting man on this, you're taking the visiting Bengals. Absolutely. Okay, so this is almost a little bit of buy or sell turns into who you got versus who you want. Your turn, Dave Cook. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy any reads a genius. I think he has his quarterback sure helps the IQ, if you know what I mean. Um, but his offense is predicated on Mahomes figuring out, you know. So if something breaks down, Mahomes just figures it out. Right. But if How he much can you improvise on a bum ankle? Right, but if he right. can't move, and Chad Rennie can have, every so often can have a... Chad Henney, yeah. Henney, yeah, every so often can have a drive. But I don't think that if he's there, they win, and... You know, Justin hit it when he said Cincinnati seems to have Kansas City's number. And Joe Burrow doesn't do the improvis- improv thing, but he is supremely confident. He's He thinks he's going to win. Wow. I'm taking Cincy. Here's the reason Joe Burrow thinks he's going to win. 
realistically, Joe Burrow to me has better weapons everywhere but tight end than Patrick Mahomes does. If Patrick Mahomes had a Joe Mixon versus a Jarek McKinnon, who we liked up here when he wore purple, it would be a different story. If Patrick Mahomes had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, etc., versus Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith Schuster, etc., it would be way different. You know, the only place that Patrick Mahomes has an advantage is Travis Kelsey's world's better than everybody, including Hurst for the Bengals. You know, it's interesting, and, and I'll just take this in a quick side ray. We've talked about Kirk Cousins issues, and the problem really is that Kirk Cousins makes, you know, twenty percent of the entire salary of the Minnesota Vikings, so he can't have nice things. Well, Burrow is still in his rookie contract. So they can pay guys all over the place. Patrick Mahomes is making about 20% of their of their salary. Uh, the fact that they're here tells you how good of a quarterback he is. Right. Now, I'm going to be contrarian just to be contrarian, though, because I think at Arrowhead, which, by the way, folks are calling Burrowhead now because Joe Burrow's had success there. At Arrowhead, That's jumping in I think Mahomes and Kelsey find a way to get it done. I don't know how. Don't ask me for X's and O's. I'm simply going to take the home team, probably because I took the visiting team in the NFC Championship game. So... I'll probably go 0 for 2, but I'm going out on a limb the way Dave Cook normally does. All right, a couple for Hockey Day. Justin May, buy or sell that the way the Vancouver Canucks treated Bruce Boudreaux, who is no longer coaching them, might be the most embarrassing thing you've seen in professional sports. I buy that 100%, and it, the second place goes to the Vancouver Canucks for what they did to the coach before him. Right. What a, what a debacle. Who runs this place? I mean, <laughs> it, it's not only a debacle for for sports. It's a debacle for how to run a business. 100%. It's disgusting. 100%. I buy that completely. I had a hard time actually getting the buy or sell sentence out because there's no part of me that sells this. Now, we've all seen coaches be on the hot seat. We've all seen coaches get dismissed. I'm not saying that Bruce Boudreaux's performance as the head man for the Vancouver Canucks has him in a spot where he should still have the job. I don't agree with that at all. But have a little bit of PR humility, if you will, and and make it obvious behind closed doors and maybe don't make it so obvious to everybody that he's on his way out. Not only do we know he's leaving, but we know who's coming in. This was just silly. Vancouver's a bad franchise already. This made it worse. So I'm going to get on Vancouver for doing it twice with different coaches. I agree with Justin there. But I'm just going to use two words to explain that this is this is not the first time this has happened. Steinbrenner, Martin. Steinbrenner, well, no, Steinbrenner would fire Martin publicly, bring in somebody else, that somebody else would stumble. He'd bring Martin back. He'd nobody fire Martin. said it was first. I just think it's ridiculous. Two wrongs don't make a right, and that was eons ago. We learned nothing. Right. But eons ago, and it happened for like five years straight, where it would be fire him, get this new guy, don't like him, bring Billy back, fire Billy because I don't like Billy really hire a new guy. He's not doing well. You know, Martin Elise win, bring him back. God, I hate Billy. Fire him, bring somebody else in. You know, humor or hubris is not a uh, a thing around owners. And the guy in Vancouver has just handed, you know, all of his Just an absolutely asinine way to handle things. Right, right, right. I don't know how you, you want to... Kudos to the Vancouver fans, though. Yes. I mean, could they have been any more honorable and, and pay a little bit of homage to a guy that's given his 50 years of his life to the game and know that he's better than the way he was treated. Yep. So kudos to the Vancouver fans. I agree with that completely. And it was interesting to me that folks in Minnesota, you know, obviously had support for Bruce because he was well liked here, but at the same time, the wild let Bruce Boudreaux go at a very weird time. I remember when they let him go. Why now? Why not just finish this, you know, joke of a season? Obviously there was too much left in Vancouver and it was too much of a joke to finish just a little bit of irony there. So the final buy or sell in honor of Hockey Day is a perfect segue into what Dave and I will have for our final segment today. 
because Dave and I, I think, disagree on this a little bit. Buy or sell, quite literally, that the Minnesota Wild will be buyers come the trade deadline. I buy it. I mean, obviously, they're shopping hard, and they've done some moves with uh, trying to get Dumba out there, but don't they have to buy? I mean, I I haven't watched this week, but are they on the outside looking in or barely in? They're still teeter-tottering on the edge of the roof. So when you've put this much time, energy, and money into what they've done, I, it's you got to buy, don't you? I do, but I know Dave Cook shook his head the other direction, but that's part of a disagreeing conversation we've had throughout the week. Dave and I will elaborate on it in the final segment. Dave has said... You know, the while they're close from blowing that team up or tearing it down, whatever phrase you prefer, where I've said you're going to blow something up that's 10 games over 500 and currently in a playoff spot but does bounce in and out but is playing about as well as you can anticipate just a little bit on the inconsistent side. I would buy. I would find that proverbial center that they've been missing for half a decade, but we'll see. So my, my question has to be, under the salary cap structure that they have right now, who can they afford that's going to turn this team around? And since the answer really is, unless we get lucky, nobody, then are you going to buy and sell? And are you going to give away a bunch of your future to make sure your team is the eighth seed? Well, here's the question. I mean, they're not they going to be, be the three eight. seed. They won't be the eight, and they won't be a three. I think they'll be somewhere in between. But here's the, be the eight. But here's no, no. I'll, yes, I'll bet you any amount of money right now they'll be seated higher than eighth. I, I could because I don't think you know how the NHL playoff format a, works. Do I get a spread on this? No, because I don't want to explain to you how the format works. But they won't be eighth, and that's how I know that. But at any rate, I wonder if they can be both because truthfully, I do think there are pieces that they need to buy, but I agree with Justin selling off a piece like a Matt Dumba or Ryan Hartman may not be that bad of an idea. The problem is what we'll elaborate on in the final segment, you'd be selling super low because you've been healthy scratching both those guys, which means you're broadcasting to the league. Hey, they're not playing very well. That makes it tough to make any move. Yes. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And that, like I said, we're going to talk about that in a bit. But all the guys that they could sell, they've been downplaying and trashing a little bit. So, you know, all of a sudden Ryan Reeves is too slow and and Jordan Greenway doesn't actually do anything. And so I, I just don't see how they can make enough moves to make themselves viable. Well, I'll tell you this. One person I would buy or sell with if I had the opportunity is Justin May. Justin, how do you get the opportunity to do that? 218-310-9559, MZR.com. And don't forget, Zach Breezy's still on the payroll, right? Not, why not just bring him back? There you go. Wow, that's an off-the-wall idea. I wouldn't mind seeing it, though. Justin May, have a wonderful weekend. Happy Hockey Day. Thanks for joining us again this morning. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You as well. That's our guy, Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates, Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. The wild- for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. have not exactly been on fire, but they haven't exactly been ice cold either. They are 4-4-2 four, four and two in their last 10. We're going to do drawing lines about them to close the show today. Drawing lines comes to you courtesy of Roll Architecture Studio. That is the original of our many sponsors. Let's pay homage to all of them. Yes, the Incline Station, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, which you can reach at KohlerHyundai.com or KohlerToyota.com, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending, 
The Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. And again, that's the OG, Ryan Arola. We're forever thankful for him. And he decided years ago to say, why don't you guys do a segment called Drawing Lines, where we draw lines around what we think are perhaps debatable or even controversial topics. And Drawing Lines today, the Wild will play tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, their final game before the All-Star break. Congratulations to Kirill the Thrill being part of the All-Star festivities. But what will festivities look like in the future for the Wild? Because... We disagree here. I have been very supportive of, you know, the Wild expectationally kind of are who we thought they were. They're, you know, 9-10 games over 500, losing Fiala and still maintaining that is fairly good. You've said they're another 2-3 game losing streak away from blowing it up. Yep, I 100% think that. Um, I mean, look where they're not getting any. I mean, so what are you gonna, I mean, what are you going to do to change the fortunes of this team? And how are you going to get that? Like, you're not going to be, you'd have to trade four or five guys to afford, afford a guy like Bor Horvath, right? And that's a rental. I mean, how, much less try to say his name. Right. No, I'd be terrible at that. <laughs> I, get, I just call him Bo. Right. Uh, anyway. Bo knows hockey. The, uh, I mean, if, what we're looking for doesn't exist, right? So you've got to have, I mean, if we're, this is not a tinkering away from a really, really good hockey team, right? They need a center who can play with Boldy, who can score. And it's proven not to be Rossi. And Frederick Goudreau on the line is fine, but he's Careful. not the center. Yeah. Um, and so you, if that's what you need to be a good hockey team, where are you going? How are you going to do that? All right. So that part of what you just said, I don't disagree with. But when you use the phrase blow it up, I guess my retort would be, what does that mean? Well, because it means if, our goal is a 500 hockey team. That's what we got. But because if it means that they're getting rid of Matt Dumba, that's been talked about even as they've been good. Yep. If it means that Ryan Hartman needs to be jettisoned because he's not functioning very well right now, that's been talked about anyway. So that to me is not blowing it up, but that's also part of the problem because Michael Russo said this too on Paul Ellen's show earlier this week, that there are guys that the fan base says, well, let's get rid of him. And, and I don't know what kind of return you expect anyway, mm -hmm. but if you're healthy scratching guys, the return you're going to get, you're broadcasting to everybody. As I said to Justin May, hey, this guy's not that great. Want him? I'm not sure who's going to take that. Oh, how about these guys? Jordan Greenway can be had, right? Right. Sam Steele's in a nice little hot streak for a career that he hasn't done anything. So how about you get rid of him on top? Um, you know, let's let's talk about the John Merrill, the Middleton, who I like both of them, right? I don't want them traded, but you could move. How about one of my favorite players, Felino? Like if, if I mean, so what I don't you think got? you have any dominant personality without him. But you've There's got, a lot of intangible there. You got four goals. Like you're not, you're not getting rid of But is that what you have in there for? But you're not getting rid of production. Sure. So if you want to get rid of, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, what do you need to bring in to so make you this get team rid of, better? If you get rid of Marcus Foligno, mm -hmm. are you trying to say you have that in Ryan Reeves? If no, you get rid of him, no, I'm not. I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna get a second line center, and and or first line center if you get rid of Steele. I mean, if that's the thing that's gonna get us over the top, right? Well, in my opinion, we have a 500 hockey team. If you get rid of your depth in order to get that guy, you're in a 500 hockey team. See, I think you think that math is hard then because it's like the people that say Kirk Cousins is a 500 quarterback. For his career, he is. But with the Vikings, he's 14, 15 over right now. Yeah. The Wild are 10 over. So if they go on a 10-game losing streak and then you tell me they're a 500 hockey team, I'll agree with you because that's what it actually means. Yeah, no, you know what I mean. They are an average hockey team. They are not going to well, go been that for 20 years. That's my point. You want to, if you want to keep that, keep the team together. If your goal is to make strides, then you have to figure out what you need to do to make strides. 
right? If your goal is championship, you're not going to win with some of these guys. And if you get rid of them for a, you know, a bucket of donuts, that's not going to help. Well, I think part of it is just in How Billy. About the goalie? I think it's in Billy G that we trust because I, I think he is going to make some deals. I don't think they're going to qualify as championship worthy. I don't think they're going to qualify as fire sale worthy either. I think I think Bill Guerin does understand tinkering to make this team better, even though you say it's not a tinkering away. I think that will be great is when at the end of the season that you tell me, you know, at one point you told me they were a 500 team, even though they were 10 games over 500. Now they're 20 games over 500 and we are a championship team. And I will absolutely take the L. I will be like, Brian, you were 100% right. But see, that's not even my mantra. I, I don't believe the Wild have what it takes to win a Stanley Cup right now. I don't. But I also don't think that there are very many teams that can beat the Boston Bruins right now either, and that's a different take altogether. But I do think for as young as they truly are, that they're playing much better than I think some people could have anticipated. Now, if you want to part with some of those pieces because the salary cap purgatory from the buyouts is coming, I understand it. But I don't know that blowing it up, I keep going back to that, I don't know that blowing it up is a phrase you can even use here. Well, and You're only blowing it up if you package Kaprizov somewhere, and that's yeah, preposterous no, that's not statement happen. of the year. Right, him and Boldy are safe, and Zuccarello, they're safe. Um, another thing that... I think Erickson Eck is safe. No, I, I guess I agree with that, too. And Brodine's safe, and Spurgeon is safe. All right, so now you've but, got a half dozen guys right, that you're keeping around, your so you're not line. blowing anything up. There's your first line, everybody else, right? Um, one of the things that I struggle with, and we've talked about this, is if you get rid of Matt Dumba, are you really getting rid of him because you think Brock Faber is going to be come in and be the answer? Like, I'm a Gopher fan, right? That is a ton of pressure to put on a kid coming out of college. It's, oh, Brock Faber is this and that and the other, and if we get rid of Dumba, we'll just replace him with that. Well, Marco Rossi is a heck of a hockey player, too, and he hasn't made the cut. I mean, it's I'm worried that the Wild are going to be stuck in the same spot they've been stuck in almost our whole life, which is the Hall of Very Good. I don't completely disagree with that because we've just been used to it for the entire existence. So, so why are we worried? If you just tinker with it, you're just if you gain a win or two out of it. I mean, I just either do it or don't do it. It's if bleep or get it, off the pot, isn't yes, it? It's it's stop trying to be a, a championship team if you can't. If you're not willing to do those things, then be happy with you know as a Vikings fan, be happy with the good season. Well, and what it all comes down to, it's very ironic because it ties in greatly, and we've only got a few minutes here. It's Hockey Day in Minnesota, and you and I both love the sport of hockey, but at the professional level, you and I have always eye-rolled that the Wild can continue to be, as you put it, 500, or as I'll put it, slightly better. And this sport is so unconditionally loved in this state that we'll go, hey, that's great. You know, the Vikings have expectations that they've never met. The Wild don't have expectations, I don't think, still. No, but they've set themselves up as a team every year that, that should be good. And when we bring back uh, and we and we just, like you said, settle for being good when great is there. Um, but if you continue to make little moves and get rid of potential greatness, right, and then bring in guys for the rest of this year because, boy, one guy might put us over the edge. I mean, pretty soon that that's a losing proposition. It is going to be interesting to see what Billy G is going to be able to do with this team. Can they push themselves over the proverbial hump or will they agree to take two, three steps backwards and try to build something special for years from now. This is 2023. Again, I feel like we had this discussion in 2020, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Well, last year we said, get us a bit. We need a goaltender. Get us a goalie, and I think we can make a run. And he did that, and we didn't make a run. See, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I mean, I love Flurry, and it's cool that they got him, and it brought a lot of life to the franchise. But were we really in get us a goalie mantra? Because I think we thought we had two good ones with Talbot and Flurry, and we didn't understand how to make it work. Yeah, well, again, Flurry's a different kind of goalie. I mean, it's the Herschel Walker thing. 
Flurry yeah. is active. And before Flurry, it was Talbot and Kakinen. Right. And and Kakinen were kind of the same thing as as Talbot. They played the same kind of style. So I think the Wild are, like you said, they're good, but they're not going to be able to afford to make a move to become better. And so at what point do you say, listen, we got to strip this bear to rebuild it? All I know is we're not getting much better, and they keep giving us a show every week. It was fun <laughs> again today. Thank you, Dave Cook. Thank you, Dave Hoops. Thank you, Justin May. Thank you, Allie Mackner. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, sponsors. Thanks, everybody. Happy Hockey Day. Have a great weekend. The Northland Sports Page. We will see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.